Welcome, traders, and welcome to the SPACs Attack. Let's get it started. doing traders how we doing welcome and welcome to the SPACs attack where everything we talk about is SPACs and I'm gonna bring on my man to the show you guys know him as Chris Opedia but I know him as Chris Ketchy what's going on brother how we doing today Mitch what's going on what's going on man super excited to start this day got uh, uh, the investor presentation and, and call playing behind me we have a great interview today guys stick around we're going to be going through share care and it's going to be super exciting to get into some of the telehealth here and also the the health industry here so chris how's how was the weekend did you enjoy it looks like you hit some upgrades I don't know if you guys enjoy that, but definitely smash the like button if you think Chris improved that that video game right here. What's up, Chris? Yeah, you know, I got some blue behind me here. I feel a little bit like maybe I could tell you what the weather is going to do if I change this to green. Um, but we can play around with some colors. I got this nice new background back here. So super excited. Um, super excited for the interview today. And then, you know, we missed you guys. No show on Friday. We had our second quarter meeting. Benzinga has so many exciting things coming. I'm super excited. I know you guys will be too, our raving fans out there. Um, but yeah, super excited. And, you know, we have some rumors um, over the weekend and also from Friday, you know, that we didn't have a chance to get to and then some news items out there as well. But no new deals announced today. It's Merger Monday. And I thought for sure I would wake up and see you know a couple deals but nothing out there today yeah you know we're definitely going to be working out to see if the deals come but one of the things is that's a good sign chris that's a sign that we can focus on some other specs right and and then also investors can take their moment here instead of looking for the what's the next what's the next they can focus on what's already come out and maybe we can find some plays there but Let's go ahead. Let's get into our headlines of the day. And like always, guys, hit the subscribe down below. If you guys want to be the first to get this SPAC information, then you need to join our SPAC newsletter. Look in the description below. And let's go ahead. Take us back to the headlines. All right, guys. Yeah. So like I said, no new deals announced today. We do have, uh, you know, some headlines and then also a couple rumors to cycle through. Um, up first, I want to talk about some sports SPACs. So there was a conference held last week where several of those SPACs targeting the sports industry uh, had presentations, had a little Q&A session. So shout out to Sean J. Hustles uh, on Twitter. That's official Sean. S-H-A-W-N. He was live tweeting the event, and I want to share some insight that he dropped. So we have S-E-A-H that we've talked about a lot, uh, sports entertainment acquisition. So uh, the CEO, John Collins, he confirmed that S-E-A-H is staying away from sports franchises. So not looking to acquire a team 
Uh, instead, they're targeting a company that values management and skill set um, that they can bring to the table. And then also talked about how they have uh, gone through 80 to 90 companies now, and they are focused on a handful. Take from that what you want. But to me, the fact that they've gone to, through 80 or 90 and they have a handful left, I've got to believe that maybe a deal for SEAH is getting closer. Um, so more details on that hopefully soon, but definitely keep an eye out on that one. Then Jason Robbins, who, of course, CEO of DraftKings, he is also attached to a couple SPACs. He talked about the sports back industry, and one of the things he said was uh, Fanatics um, is really being targeted by, by SPACs right now. Fanatics, of course, a sports apparel and memorabilia company. So look for that one. Um, they've got several exclusive deals with some of these sports leagues. They're, they're one of the largest out there. So, you know, if one of these SPACs can land Fanatics, I think it would definitely get some attention. And like I said, several sports SPACs out there. And then RBAC Red Ball um, with Billy Bean of the Oakland A's. So he also spoke at the conference and he said that he ultimately wanted to own a team, but because they're a public company, he kept his comments brief. Um, so no new news out, but the fact that he said he's always wanted to own a team, I've got to think that RBAC is still looking um, for a sports team ownership with this SPAC. But again, just my opinion there. And then this morning, we have VCVC, uh, so that's 10X Capital Venture Acquisition. Uh, they announced a, uh, so their partner, Re-Automotive, announced a partnership with Magna, uh, that's MGA. Um, so Magna, of course, who makes vehicles for other companies, they have that deal with Fisker. Uh, we've talked about them before. So uh, Re-Automotive is going to partner with Magna with a mobility as a service venture, and then also their modular electric vehicles. Remember, we had them on the show not too long ago. So they're creating that base that electric vehicle companies can build upon. So the fact that they now are working with Magna really opens up their venture for more and more partners to, to make those electric vehicles. So redoing the ground, re is doing the groundwork to get those vehicles made, um, you know, from the ground up also with, you know, the, the braking systems and other items with the wheels. So keep an eye out on VCVC. Great news for them here. Um, that partnership with Magna. Then one of the SPAC deals that was announced last week, we have MUDS, M-U-D-S, uh, taking tops public, right? Well-known, uh, trading card company, so part of their investor presentation was all about NFTs, right? Talking about non-fungible tokens. Um, so news out today, they officially are going to launch uh, this month. So with Major League Baseball, a NFT series on April 20th, they're going to sell them in packs similar to trading cards. So a standard pack will cost $5. I think it contains six uh, digital cards. And then a premium pack will cost $100 with 45 cards, um, you know, different tiers too. We're going to see cards that have, you know, 50,000 copies all the way down to one of one exclusive premium copies. Um, so this is kind of a hybrid between digital cards that they were already doing and then NBA Top Shot, which is selling the NFT moments. And, and they have some, you know, that are 
numbered all the way down to 49 or 99 and some numbered out of 35,000, but they also have announced that they'll have one of one soon. So I think this is going to be well received. We'll find out later this month. But Tops is going to get a lot of play here as an NFT play. They already have those deals with these uh, sports leagues. So keep an eye out, M-U-D-S. And SPFR, which I do own shares of, more shares being added to ARCX, the ARC Space ETF. Um, so keep an eye out on this one. Uh, it is a new favorite of ARC and Kathy Wood, a 3D printing play going public. Uh, so definitely, you know, on your watch if it is not. And then another one I want to highlight, which I also own, we have Slam U. This is the SPAC from Alex Rodriguez. And it also counts Mark Lore as a strategic advisor. Mark Lore previously with Walmart and Jet.com. So over the weekend, news was out that Alex Rodriguez and Mark Lore are pursuing purchasing the Minnesota Timberwolves of the National Basketball Association. So A-Rod had previously told Bloomberg that he was trying to create the Yankees of SPACs, but wasn't looking at sports franchises. So not sure what to you know expect here. Is Slam U going to be involved in the Timberwolves purchase? You know, I think we'll get more clarity this week. But the fact that A-Rod and Mark Lore are both on board with this SPAC, I have to think there's at least consideration there. Again, I do own shares of Slam U. It's still trading as units. But keep an eye on this one as, you know, we move through that Timberwolves news. If this SPAC is involved, you know, you would get that sports play that everyone has been wanting with some of these sports SPACs as far as team ownership. So keep an eye out. And then turning to our rumors. So we have uh, Israeli company Auto Talks is in talks to go public via SPAC at a $2 billion valuation. Um, this is a, a company uh, you know, that, that's well-known over there, not so much over, over here in the U.S., but they have strategic contracts with Volkswagen and Toyota to install their chips in future models, um, you know, so definitely worth watching. And then also working with Chinese authorities for their technology based on 5G networks um, in Chinese cars over the next three years. And then Israeli chipmaker Valens, also in talks to merge with the SPAC, no tickers identified, valuation of one to 1.2 billion, that rumor coming from Calculus. The, the thing that obviously uh, with these two SPACs uh, is similar is they are both Israeli companies. So of course I would highlight BTAQ, which is a SPAC I own, which specifically mentioned Israel in their SPAC presentation. Um, so maybe they will land one of these companies that is now being rumored. Uh, Impossible Foods is exploring a IPO or SPAC deal. I have an article up on the site where I listed, you know, 12 SPACs that could be, you know, in play for Impossible Foods. Just to run through them quick, we have NOAC, um, you know, which is targeting the food sector and their CEO, um, Sebastian Castia Castigliano is well known in the food community. He created several companies. Then we have JCIC, another one targeting the food sector. Um, Star Peak Corp 2, um, STPK is targeting sustainable food or agriculture companies. And then Better World Acquisition, that's BWAC, 
um, targeting healthy living and strong ESG. And then just to throw out there, you know, uh, Serena Williams is an investor in Impossible Foods. She did work with Barry Sternlicht on that SPFR deal. So, you know, maybe Barry Sternlicht can get Impossible Foods with one of his SPACs. Also, Kosla Ventures. Kosla is a major investor in Impossible Foods. They have several SPACs out, uh, KVSA, KVSB, KVSC, and KVSD. But those were all targeting the technology sector, so probably not in focus here. And then given the size of Impossible Foods, you know, you could also throw out some of the larger SPACs like a KKR acquisition um, or Eris Acquisition Corp AAC. So just keep those on your watch. And again, that article is out on the Benzinga site, Impossible Foods. But again, we could just see a traditional IPO instead. Then the big rumor last week, Soaring Eagle, SRNGU, which I do own shares of, uh, in talks with Ginkgo Bioworks, um, a company that prints DNA and creates genetically modified food. Um, that's according to Bloomberg. So again, this is a SPAC that raised over a billion dollars. Um, the, the deal here could be worth over $20 billion for Ginkgo, which was founded by MIT scientists. They have several um, you know, business segments. They also work on uh, the, the manufacturing process for RNA. So they've been linked to COVID-19 vaccines, health and biosecurity, uh, their concentric division is offering pooled testings for schools. Their Joyin Bio is a joint venture with uh, Bayer, which is working on agriculture segment. They also have Motif Foodworks, um, which is working on you know uh, plant-based foods, meat alternatives, and dairy alternatives. You know they also have partnerships with Twist Bioscience, Berkeley Lights, and Kronos Group. This is a big one. And again, those big business segments, they count T. Rowe Price, Bill Gates, Bailey Gifford, and Illumina as investors. And then that Motif Foodworks segment, which is a subsidiary, also has investments from Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, Michael Bloomberg, Richard Branson, Ray Dalio, Reed Hoffman, Jack Ma, and Maya Yoshi Sun. So some of the biggest names out there. So keep an eye out, SRNGU, um, Soaring Eagle. And then Mitch, as we talk about, you know, the SPAC market, has it bottomed, has it not? Well, you know, no new deals announced today. The the tweet I saw from Julian Klamachko over the weekend was the first nine days of March, we had 44 SPAC IPOs. The first nine days of April, seven SPAC IPOs. Uh, so definitely, you know, a big change of pace there in new offerings in April versus March. So what do you think, Mitch? Yeah, it's exactly what we wanted to see, guys. We've been talking about how we want to get that number down. Reason why is we want investors to get a chance really to, to take a look at some of these companies and slow the the kind of um, supply and start getting that demand back to where we need it. Um, I think you're starting to see it. You've been seeing some stocks hold their gains. And I think this is the important part. It's not only that, that we're getting some gains, but we're also holding those gains. So definitely keep your eyes on the SPAC market. 
I'm going to be interested in seeing what SEAH grabs. You guys know I've been mentioning that one since early, I think since October, really, um, in 2020. So I'm going to keep an eye on that one. I don't have it anymore in the portfolio. When I went to cash, I kind of dropped that one off. Um, might pick it up again in, a, in the next couple of weeks. But we'll be interested to watch how these SPACs react as we're starting to see some kind of bottoming action. Okay, let's go ahead and let's take a quick look at our watch list before we bring on Jeff Arnold. I know you guys are probably out there waiting for that interview. So let's go ahead up and take a quick look here. Um, one that I'd mentioned, of course, is Pine Island. This one's starting to get on my watch. Why, guys? Because it, it was one of the most favored at first. You know, when this one first came out, um, it, it kind of went up towards a level of 14. 1450. Um, this one's on my radar because now you're having these multiple bottom looks off this $10. It's getting interesting for me. And that's Pine Island acquisition. What's the target here, Chris? Yeah. So Pine Acquisition has not announced a, a SPAC deal yet. But again, defense, government services and aerospace. You, you have the former CEO of Merrill Lynch. You, you have some big names attached to this. Um, especially in the financial sector and in the defense sector. So this is one I've liked for a while. Um, the, the mover I'm seeing out there, Mitch, is MUDS. You know, as mentioned, taking TOPS public, MUDS, up about 5% today. Um, you know, this one had good momentum last week uh, on that deal announcement. So I'm curious to see, you know, now with the, with the NFT news officially being out, uh, again, no surprise. They already had NFTs for, you know, Garbage Pail Kids, Godzilla, but but those aren't as big a names, right? But then we look at Major League Baseball and they're going to sell packs of NFTs. You know, this this isn't a company just listing NFTs, you know, as a press release, even though they never have done them. This is a real company with real, you know, partnerships and I think could be a good long-term NFT play, but also, you know, sports cards, the growth there in digital sports cards. So this is one definitely on my watch list for today. All right, guys, before we bring on our interview, I thought it would be best to go ahead up and share here. Um, let me go ahead up and grab my application here. I'm just going to share off of this one. All right, guys, I'm going to mute myself while the video is on, but just a little introduction on ShareCare here. Let's go ahead up and see who ShareCare is before we bring on our CEO interview. Hi, my name is Jeff Arnold, and I'm the chairman and CEO of ShareCare. Back in 1994, started our first company called Quality Diagnostic Services. And what that company was all about is we invented a little heart monitor that was the size of an American Express card that you put up to your chest when you were having symptoms, and it would record your EKG. 1998 rolls around, and, and we were one of the largest heart monitoring businesses in the country, and started thinking, wouldn't it be great if I could put these EKGs online? So I sold the heart monitoring company and started WebMD. And so we built WebMD up to the largest health destination site in the world. The difference between a visionary and a dreamer is execution. That dreamers have ideas and do nothing about it. 
and visionaries have those ideas and execute. And Jeff is one of those people. He's the rare visionary who sees something and knows how to go for it. And he's done it multiple times over. The company. All right, guys, you saw it there in the video. We're, we're super excited. Joining us on the show today, we have Jeff Arnold. He is the co-founder, chairman, and CEO of ShareCare, uh, a company going public with Falcon Capital Acquisition Corp. That's ticker FCAC. So welcome to the show, Jeff. Hey, guys. How you doing? Welcome, welcome. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and let Chris do some of his questions, and I'll be back with some of my own. Great. Awesome. So, you know, Jeff, just to, to get started here before we dive into ShareCare, I'm wondering if you can share, you know, some of your background with our viewers. We heard it there in, in that video. You know, you founded WebMD. Uh, you worked at Discovery Communications and, you know, uh, some other big companies. So just give our viewers a, a brief background of yourself. Yeah, my pleasure. Um, so my background's in uh, healthcare and technology and media. I uh, started my first company uh, back in 1994, a heart monitoring company that we built up and sold to a public company called Matria Healthcare. Uh, started WebMD in 1998, uh, grew it up to a, a billion in revenue and, and uh, um, you know, early kind of in digital health. Um, had a company that we sold to uh, ultimately to Ericsson that was on the video on demand space. Um, had a company called How Stuff Works uh, that you might be familiar with um, that we built up and sold to Discovery Channel and uh, started ShareCare in, in 2012 as kind of like a WebMD 2.0. Awesome. So ShareCare going public now via a SPAC, FCAC. So, you know, why the decision to, to go public via SPAC over a traditional IPO and had you explored, you know, an IPO recently? Yeah. Um, so we had a board meeting in Q4 and, uh, you know, was looking at all the digital health companies that had gone public in, in various ways. And, you know, the pandemic, if there if there's a silver lining, I think it's been digital health and, you know, kind of the emergence of that and thought, you know, we've got the scale and we're a $400 million business. We were EBITDA positive or cash flow positive. Uh, we're highly diversified. Um, so we had the bankers kind of make the pitch to the board and we were kind of set to, you know, go public in 2021. And we started getting approached by various SPACs. And as I started learning about SPACs, which I didn't know a lot about at the time, I, I got really excited about the idea that you could spend more time with investors in a 20 minute roadshow, uh, that you could show forecast, uh, you know, and projections going forward, that we could accelerate our time, our timing to get public and uh, and ultimately had a, what we think is a, picked a great SPAC sponsor that, you know, knew a lot about the capital markets. And um, so we ended up not obviously doing the traditional IPO route, but going the SPAC route. Awesome. So, you know, one of the things that jumps out about ShareCare in that investor presentation is some of the backers. So, you know, you you founded the company with, with Dr. Oz. We have Oprah Winfrey and Harpo attached. We have Aflac, Quest Diagnostics, Wells Fargo, and Anthem, all as investors in, in the company. Can you just kind of talk about, you know, the validation and some of these big names uh, attaching themselves to, to a company like ShareCare? Yeah, yeah, my pleasure. Um, so our strategy was it, for the business is this idea of all together better. 
So we're all together better um, when um, we bring the ecosystem to the palm of the person's hand. So bring the hospital and the doctor, bring the employer, bring the health plan to one spot. We're all together better when we don't have a sea of apps of all these various health apps, but we have an integrated platform. And we're all together better when we go from my health to our health. And in the spirit of all together better, as we were building out our cap table, you know, we said, you know, how do we basically attract investors that bring us into the living room, bring us into the exam room and bring us into the workplace. And so we started uh, with media companies first, bringing, getting investors to help us tap into people's homes. So we got Dr. Oz and Oprah, and as you see on the screen, Discovery and Hearst and Sony. And then we moved to the exam room and said, look, for us to be fully trusted as a brand, we're going to need to be physician accepted. So we got the largest hospital system in the country, uh, HCA, to invest. We got one of the largest uh, not-for-profit health systems in the country to invest, Trinity Health. And then in December, we got the largest health system in Georgia where we're based uh, to invest. So a lot of different hospital partners. And then we said, who pays for all this? And how do we become the digital ally of uh, health plans and others that can get us to the workforce? Uh, so we got Blue Cross Blue Shield of Arizona, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Maryland to invest. Um, uh, we got Blue Cross Blue Shield of Hawaii. We got Quest Labs. We got Aflac. And then uh, you might have noticed in our filing last week, we got a $50 million investment uh, from Anthem, uh, which is the second largest insurance company in the country. Yeah, you know, that that's quite the list of investment partners there. Um, you know, one of the things that definitely stood out to me going through this, uh, you know, in that same slide, also above those investors, we have the three business lines of enterprise provider and consumer solutions. Can you just walk us through a little bit of what those three business segments entail? Sure. So, um, you know, one of the great things about ShareCare that we think kind of creates this category of one opportunity is we have a really comprehensive platform, right? So, um, you know, that has lots of products and capabilities. And we take that one platform and we sell it into three divisions. So we have an enterprise division and in that division, we sell to government. Uh, we sell to large health plans and large self-insured employers. Uh, so you'd find like the state of Georgia as a customer, or you'd find Delta Airlines as a customer, or you'd find, a, you know, a Blue Cross Blue Shield plan. And then we take that same platform and we sell it into providers. Uh, so we have over 6,000 uh, hospital and large physician client uh, as clients. And then lastly, you know, we our vision from the beginning was because this is a, a consumer centric platform is you can't spend a half a billion dollars on a health platform with a vision to change healthcare and then tell a person that you can only get it if your employer or health plan bought it for you. Uh, so we also have a direct to consumer offering. Awesome. So, you know, one of the things that that also stood out to me in this investor presentation is the the new revenue opportunity with health security. Um, obviously, you know, we, we've heard in the news so much about the pandemic and the reopening of businesses, the reopening of, you know, sports venues, concerts, hotels. So, so ShareCare is involved by targeting hospitality, sports venues, schools, and, and workplace with that health security segment. Can you just, you know, walk us through what, what is that all about, um, you know, and how is ShareCare, how could they be a reopening play here going forward? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So, so when you think about our business, think of it that, that there's three pillars and one of them is health security, which is emerging. So one pillar is what we call community well-being where we collect data uh, at every zip code in America and we rank uh, well-being. So what's the physical health, mental health, financial health, 
of that community. And then on the other end of a pillar is what we call resilience. So that's our kind of core share care platform that we sell to the Deltas and the Blue Cross Blue Shields. And that's, you know, helping people build resilience. And what happened in the pandemic is that we realized there was going to be a new emerging category that, that was going to come about that the digital health companies like ShareCare were equipped to handle, which was health security. And so when we think about uh, health security, we compare it to cybersecurity, right? So cyber cybersecurity, um, we protect infrastructure against a virus. Health security is how do we protect people? And so our first step was uh, let's tech enable uh, standard operating procedures so that we can help the world reopen. And so if you're a hotel or if you're a school or you're a live event or you're an office building or others, um, you know, how could we use technology to make sure that the environment was safe? And we started with hospitality because we saw there was a great need there. And we partnered with Forbes Travel Guide, which created the five-star rating system in 1958. And we partnered with Internova that pre-COVID was doing $40 billion in uh, travel bookings and had them mandate that, they, that hotels implement the share care platform so that employees felt safe to come back to work and guests felt safe in attending. And today we uh, announced that the city of Los Angeles has bought the platform for all the hotels in LA. Uh, previously, we announced the destination of Cabo had bought the platform for all the hotels in Cabo. Um, and we've done some live events and some other things, but I think it's this, it's this really interesting middle layer uh, that's emerging in digital health, this idea of health security, of making sure that the environment is safe uh, for, for people and guests. Um, that work uh, led us into uh, the vaccine world. So as we started becoming leaders, and health security, we started working with states to help them roll out the vaccine. And we were able to uh, secure the contract in Florida and Georgia. So we've uh, enrolled over 4 million people through ShareCare for, for shots in arms. And so um, so you see kind of a, a, the, you know, all, all the opportunities that are emerging with health security, not just, you know, making sure the environment is safe, but, you know, actually helping with logistics and people getting shots in arms and things like that as well. Wow, that's great. And yeah, we saw that Los Angeles news today. So I had seen, you know, that ShareCare prior uh, deals with W Hotels, Ritz-Carlton and the State Farm Arena, home of the NBA's Atlanta Hawks. So so now you mentioned uh, Cabo and Los Angeles. So, you know, how are these deals happening? Is, is this where the city of Los Angeles is, is approaching uh, a company like ShareCare, are are you yeah. going out and after these cities? And what does the the revenue breakdown kind of um, look like going forward? Yeah, so this is a new category for us. I mean, we weren't in this business four months ago, but we'll already generate over twenty million dollars in revenue in twenty twenty one. So it, so it's meaningful, and it's a combination of of charging a hotel um, or a school or arena. Uh, an annual fee to be able to use the technology for the verification, um, as well as working with the states for the vaccine distribution. Um, but yes, the answer is, um, you know, we we have kind of organized ourselves internally around verticals. So we have somebody that is calling on hotels, somebody that is calling on live events. We have a real exciting partnership we're about to announce in that area with a with similar to what we did with Forbes Travel Guide and Internova uh, for arenas and stadiums, and. Um, and so, yeah, we're going to we're, we're growing this. It's already been adopted. We've verified in over 60 countries in the last 60 days. Awesome. The the other, you know, new maybe uh, area of venturing here, we have the acquisition of Doc.ai, uh, artificial intelligence, digital solution, uh, has a deal with Anthem. Can you talk a little bit about um, Doc.ai here? 
Yeah, so you know, I'm sure you guys talk about AI a lot uh, on your show, and we're real excited about you know the possibilities of what this can do for healthcare. But um, Anthem is the largest Blue Cross Blue Shield plan in the country. It represents 14 states, um, already over 40 million members, and um, alongside the pipe, when we were raising the pipe. Um, uh, Anthem made a $50 million direct investment into ShareCare. And as part of that investment, they have been, uh, we've been working with other partners of Anthem's and got introduced to DocAI and got really excited when we started understanding what Did we lose him there? It looks like we lost Jeff, guys. So Jeff is frozen right now, guys. He, he is frozen on the screen. Um, we'll see if we can get him back. Um, you know, but otherwise, Mitch and I can hop in here. We we can talk a little better. I can. So you know, yeah. Why that, not just pull up what he was gonna. There it is. Right? Yeah. So artificial intelligence. You know, which that's very fascinating to me. And you know, to kind of integrate that into digital health. Um, you know, I think is a strong play here. And then also you heard, you know, all about COVID-19 vaccines, the, the reopening, the, those deals with arenas, with hotels, and, you know, the, the deals with the city of Cabo in Los Angeles. So some of these, these big cities and these tourist destinations, they're, they're partnering with a company like ShareCare, you know, to be able to really get things back to as normal as possible. And ShareCare then, you know, getting the revenue side of things from it and, and they're getting, you know, the big partners uh, along the way. You know, you you heard Jeff say, you know, those those big investors they have and, you know, that really stuck out to me, you know, and you've got some well-known people like Dr. Oz and Oprah, but, you know, also those big hospital partnerships, right? And and the media partnerships. So, you know, that's a strength to me, um, you know, that deal with the Atlanta Hawks, um, for, for their arena being certified ShareCare safe. There's also uh, ShareCare patches on the Atlanta Hawks jerseys. So some good brand awareness there as well. So, so this is a very interesting one, um, you know, and, and the decision to go public via SPAC instead of a traditional IPO, this, this Falcon acquisition, you know, you also have Jeff Sagansky as part of this team. Uh, Jeff Sagansky, the, the one who brought um, DraftKings and Skills and several others public, um, you know, in the other line of, of SPACs that he has with Harry Sloan. But he, he's a member of, of this SPAC, FCAC. Did, well, guess what? Did we get him we back? We got him back, baby. We got All him right. back. Let's bring right. Jeff back here. Hey, sorry right, about Jeff, that, guys. Hey, no problem. Welcome I was, back. You know, I was we, just, I was just sharing information about your company, but I know you can do it better than me. So yeah, let's let's dive back into the yeah. doc AI. I'm not sure exactly, you know, where yeah. you were when we lost you, but just dive in here. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. We had some kind of surge happen in the building. I went offline for a second, but real quick. So you know, Anthem is a 50 million dollar investor. They funded last week uh, into ShareCare. Um, they had a had signed a hundred million dollar uh, AI contract with Doc AI uh, back in 2020, and we got introduced to them, and it was kind of love at first sight. You know, I was like, "What AI needs is data, and we have plenty of it." 
and what we need is insights, which is what AI can provide for us. Um, so we acquired the company and we've already integrated. It's 77 engineers. They're profitable. They're right in Palo Alto. Deep tech knowledge. I mean, you know, Walter, you know, and, and Sam are AI pioneers. Uh, Narav uh, is now our chief medical officer, was um, uh, head of uh, the health department in the state of New York, was COO of Kaiser Permanente in California. Uh, their CTO was uh, CTO for uh, Human API. I mean, just a, just a really exciting pickup for us. Uh, and not only is it in enhancing our relationship with Anthem, but we're taking all that AI expertise that has been you know, perfected over the last couple of years, working with the largest blues plan in the country, and then taking it to all our other clients as well. Awesome. So I want to dive a little bit into uh, financials here. So, you know, a, another positive for me in the investor presentation was the discussion of a, a recurring revenue model for many of the business segments, which helps provide sustainable and easy to forecast growth. Can you just talk a little bit about, you know, the, the recurring revenue and how that's easier to, to forecast some of these projections going out? Yeah. So, you know, I think what's exciting about our business is the scale and the reach. So we're, you know, we'll surpass 400 million in revenue, uh, you know, this year. We're EBITDA and we're cash flow positive. And when you start to look at our divisions, if you look at enterprise, you know, we're 227 million in that one division, fully booked for the year. Um, our contracts are typically uh, three to five years. Uh, so they're recurring. And we get paid a per member per month, as well as we have all these upsell opportunities. And um, so if you're Blue Cross Blue Shield of Arizona or your Blue Cross Blue Shield of Minnesota or Blue Cross Blue Shield of Maryland or your State Farm uh, for their 150,000 associates or Delta for their 70,000 employees, we get paid for all those people on a per member per month to have access to share care. And then we have all these digital therapeutics on top of that that we upsell. Uh, in the provider space, um, you know, I mentioned that we have 6,000 clients. That division exceeds 100 million in revenue for us. Um, you know, we, we, we've grown it from, I think we had 1,000 clients four or five years ago to over 6,000 now. And, uh, and this year, we'll collect over 4 million medical records for people. So you can come to ShareCare and you can say my medical records are scattered all over uh, you know, the United States. And with your consent, we go and collect those medical records for you and then deliver it back to you. And so that's all, you know, that's a, a real steady uh, business for us. And then uh, on the consumer side, um, you know, we've been in the digital health arena since the late 90s. So we've got a lot of great relationships with pharma and biotech companies. And, and so they run campaigns with us and, and love share care uh, because the quality of our audience and the, and the data that we have and, uh, and with the consent of our users, how, how, we, how we present them information. Awesome. Yeah. So, you know, I see the projections. We have revenue of 396 million fiscal 2021, 512 million fiscal 2022. You, you know, uh, I guess, how do we reach those projections? How much of the new ventures as far as the, uh, you know, uh, arenas and hotels and reopening yeah. and also Doc AI, how much of that sure. is built into the projections? Yeah. So uh, what's exciting is is uh, very little, and so uh, Doc AI is not in those numbers, um, and health security is is really tiny uh, in those numbers right now. So so those are those are big opportunities for us. So those numbers are all organic, so they don't they don't count any acquisitions. We've made seventeen acquisitions as a private company, 
Um, so we're, we're pretty good at, at buying businesses and integrating it. And, uh, and health security is, uh, is, is, is very small in, in those numbers. Awesome. Uh, and then I just want to ask a little bit, again, you have several business segments, so I, I'm sure you have competition among all of them, but can you just talk a little bit about maybe who, who some of your larger competitors are and how ShareCare really di differentiates itself from them? Sure. Yeah. So we, um, so we have a, a comp set uh, that you see on the screen here. So, you know, when we look at, you know, digital health companies, um, you know, often we'll get asked about Accolade. And one of the things we're doing in our partnership with Anthem that we've announced is that we're building a multi-payer um, advocacy solution. So we get asked about Accolade. And then you see Amwell and Teladoc are, uh, are, are telemedicine companies. And so we have virtual care uh, aspirations as well. Um, but we talk a lot about being a category of one that we have competition at every capability that we have. So a minute ago, I was talking about medical records, retrieving that. We have a competitor for that. Um, or I was talking about what we do, say, for Delta 70,000 employees. We have a competitor for that. Um, but we don't see a direct comp to the how diverse ShareCare is. Um, one of the ways that we've been able to win a lot of Blue Cross Blue Shield plans is we often talk to those Blues plans that Blue Cross Blue Shield plus ShareCare is an interesting alternative to a United Healthcare and Optum, and so that's where we try to that's where we try to draw comparisons with our clients. Awesome. Looks like Mitch wants to hop in with a couple questions now before we let you go, Jeff. Uh, so I'll turn it back over to Mitch here. Great. Of course, uh, Jeff. You know one of the things that I'm paying attention to, and I'm sure a lot of investors are, is the transition into 5G. And how this could really come into play with your business? How how is the transition and maybe the further outlook on five G? How how's that going to come into play with your technology? Yeah, well, you know, one is that you know we've always thought that the smartphone is potentially the greatest healing device that we've ever seen, and and so our business was kind of built on the back of that idea. But when we look at 5G, um, you know, we look at this idea of like, how do you go from the cloud to the edge? And so that all the data now, now lives on your device. And once it's living on your device, how do you implement zero trust in scale so that people are, are confident that they can interact with the platform and, and know that their information is secure? Um, and we think building trust is a, is a really big piece of getting the healthcare to move from episodic to every day. So how do people start to interact with their health on a daily basis, not just when they're sick? So trust and zero trust will play a role in that. But the promise of federated learning, I, I, I think is enormous for ShareCare. So when I think about uh, what ShareCare could mean as a brand uh, two years from now because of 5G, is this idea that um, I share my data with ShareCare uh, because I want insights for my health. But I'm also sharing my data because I want I want to contribute insights for our health. And so, how do I train uh, AI models uh, about food by taking pictures of what I eat every day and optimize my diet? Or how can a picture of my face tell me my BMI and my mood? You know, just as a selfie, start to train me for mental health reasons. To uh, we just published a study on environmental allergies of training AI models about environmental allergies. 
but ultimately really modernizing uh, clinical research. So in, in healthcare, there's a giant industry called CROs, which is clinical research. And, and we think this idea of optimizing my health to optimizing our health um, on the edge because of 5G, ultimately to mean to stand for what share care means is that you know I'm contributing my data not only for myself for humanity offers a enormous promise for the company and massive revenue opportunities as we look to modernize uh, CRO approaches. Yeah, definitely. You know, one of the things that we'll definitely pay attention to is the transition in 5G and how quickly we adopt that to, let's say, our mobile phones. Um, yeah. You mentioned a little bit about it. Um, how do you go ahead and protect the data that is shared? And also, how are you guys focusing on the security of that platform? Um, well, it all kind of, you know, comes back to trust. So we we make a lot of investments in protecting data. And so we get data five ways. So uh, we get self-reported data. Uh, so we've had almost 50 million people take the real age test. Um, we get device data. So when you join the platform, we encourage you to earn what we call a green day every day. So we're tapping the accelerometer to count your steps. We're using sensors to track your sleep. Uh, we're using the fractal pattern in your voice to look at your stress. Um, we ingest claims data. So if you're an enterprise client, so if you're a, an employer or a health plan, um, we get your medical claims, your pharmacy claims, and your lab claims. And every time you fill a prescription, say, you know, at, at the pharmacy, we update that inside your app. Um, we get social determinants of health data. Uh, so we've been a real leader in understanding that your environment is as important to your health as your genetics, your lifestyle. So we're profiling every zip code in America. And then lastly, we, we'll collect over 4 million medical records this year. So we get lots of data. And, and we put a lot of effort into making sure that, you know, we secure that data. And, you know, one of the things that kind of drove us to the acquisition of Doc AI is to push us towards a zero trust. And, uh, you know, and how do we start to give data ownership, you know, to the person at, at, on the device? All right. So I want to go ahead and bring in one last question here. It was a little bit about what you were speaking on a little bit earlier. Um, how does the well-being index come into play and how could we really use this to kind of advance our own health? Yeah, no, it's a great question. So we've invested over $80 million over the years and, and you know, way before COVID, you know, was really focused on this idea that your environment is as important as your lifestyle and your genetics. And so every year, um, you know, we publish our index out and uh, and we look at every zip code in America. So think of ShareCare sitting on data. This comes from ShareCare data, where, we're, where we kind of know the heartbeat of America. And then we use that data uh, to create interventions as well as to benchmark the effectiveness of ShareCare. So I'll give you a quick example. In the state of Georgia, um, Georgia ranked 31st out of 50 states in well-being. And we met with the governor and we said, Here, here's what the data says. And we have reverse engineered the data. And we think that we could get to top 20 uh, within three uh, years if we take these measures. Uh, but this is going to take leadership and we're going to need you to go first. And so the governor of Georgia enrolled 650,000 state health plan members. So these are 200,000 public school teachers and others into share care. And then we use that as a catalyst uh, to create what we call the share care movement. So once we had uh, the governor, we went and we got Centene's Medicaid members, we got Humana's Medicare Advantage uh, members, uh, we got Delta's employees, we created an innovation hub with Emory, we got the largest health system, Wellstar, to make a $10 million investment, put their 25,000 employees in, and set on a vision to prescribe share care. 
to one in six Georgians. And it was all around the data of the well-being index is like, how do, how do we invest in people, places and policy to improve well-being and tech enable it and be altogether better? And so those are, that's one of the ways that we use the well-being index. Awesome. So, Jeff, we've got a couple questions here from the chat before we let you go. Uh, This first one, I know you're not going to be able to give a specific date as I don't believe that's been issued yet. But is the merger still on track to close in the second quarter? That question is from Franco in the chat. It is. Yeah. So we've uh, we just, you know, uh, got comments back and filed last week and uh, and we're tracking. All right. You guys heard that here. So it's still on track to close in the second quarter. And and then our last question here from uh, Chris in the chat, does ShareCare plan on doing more acquisitions after the SPAC merger is completed? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, acquisitions is kind of a core competency of ours. And and what's great is um, we've got kind of a try before you buy. Uh, so often we'll partner with companies, integrate them into the platform, uh, sell it to our clients, make sure we're getting the right outcomes with our users, and then potentially acquire those companies. So we have a record of doing that. Uh, we have a record of doing you know big turn- turnarounds. So we acquired a company called Healthways a few years ago and, um, and, and did a big turnaround. It's in the investor deck of what we were able to do with that company. Um, but what's great is kind of the guesswork is kind of out of our acquisition strategy because we have so many clients now. And we work so closely with our partners. It's you know really understanding what the market needs inside the ShareCare platform, and then making an evaluation: do we build or buy? Um, and and I imagine we'll continue to do what we've always done, which is a combination of both. Awesome. You know, Jeff, I've got to tell you, we've got some excited people out there in the chat watching this interview. I saw several say they own the stock. Several more saying they were going out to buy shares of FCAC, um, you know, based on this interview. So we're so happy, you know, to have you on the show to share some insight into the company. So again, guys, Jeff Arnold, the co-founder, chairman and CEO of ShareCare company is going public with Falcon Capital Acquisition, ticker as FCAC. Thank you so much, Jeff, for taking the time out of your busy schedule to join us on SPACs Attack today. Yeah, no, thanks for everything you guys are doing. Appreciate you having me. Thank you so much. Have a good one. That that old mute trick, Mitch. The old mute trick. Well, you guys heard it there. Like always, guys, we're getting to the executives that you guys need to hear from so that you can get the information to go ahead and be the informed SPAC trader. Definitely, guys, smash the like button if you got some value. I know I see Daryl there hitting the like. You already, guys, already know. Born to be free, smashing that like button. You guys support us as we support you guys in getting these interviews, and you're not having to pay. You're not having to to look at all all the information all over the place. We get you one-stop shop for everything Spaxel. Do us a favor and hit that like button, hit the share button, let everyone know about this company. Because if we all know, you know, I mean, technology and digital health is just starting really to take off. And I'm really going to keep an eye out on this company. Yeah, you know, I, I saw a lot of positive comments in the chat. And and full disclosure, guys, I own shares of FCAC. I have been in this one since the deal was announced. Um, ShareCare, to me, again, the, the big growth driver, and again, you heard Jeff say it's not really priced into those projections, is 
the the reopening play, right? The certifying of these venues, these cities. I mean, the whole city of Los Angeles today was announced and, and they approached ShareCare. You heard Cabo, the, these hotel chains. So, you know, as we reopen, right? And people wanna feel safe. They're gonna look for items on these businesses, on these hotels, on these arenas that say, hey, we're, we're taking this serious. We're doing these precautions. We've screened and, you know, we're ShareCare certified. That's that's a big thing. And it's a new form of revenue for a company like ShareCare going public right now. And then that Doc AI, you know, acquisition and integration using artificial intelligence also really isn't priced in. And then, Chris, thank you for your question in the chat, um, you know, about acquisitions. You know, I, I had to believe that, yes, more acquisitions are, are going to come. As you heard Jeff say, they've done 17 acquisitions, you know, recently. So to me, I think they're going to keep expanding, right? Grow the different uh, verticals and get into new business segments. So this is one that I really like for the long-term digital health. Um, you know, what do you, what do you think, Mitch? Yeah, long term. I mean, at the end of the day, it's like I mentioned, this is going to continue moving forward. What I wanted to question, and that's why I questioned, guys, was the 5G. How does that make things different? That was Do a great question. more broadband for kind of to get to that next level in, the, in, in this platform? You know, because really that I'm focusing on how 5G is going to change these technologies. You know, I really think that we're just starting to see 5G come into play. And with that being said, what is gonna come from that is gonna be a help on this thing we have close by, our phone, right? And so what, what kind of products and services come out of that? And what can we do now that we have this great broadband speed? And so it's gonna be interesting to watch. Um, I, I thought it was interesting, you know, doing things like tracking your own health. I don't know about you, Chris, but I think this is really something that's gonna go on and take off once there really is one over the top, let's say platform to monitor your own health. And I think everyone would wanna monitor your own health. You know, one of the things that I see often is a lot of people get to the point where um, they haven't gone, let's say, to the doctor in like a year or something like that or over a year. And then a lot of the times you want to go ahead and start, you know, keep an eye on your health. It would be great to go ahead and go to an app that tells us, hey, we're due for that blood test. We're due for this. Let's go ahead up and, 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 and tick up the exercising. You've been, you've been slacking a little bit. Let's go run another mile, you know, whatever it may be. You know, all these kinds of recommendations, whether it be for your actual like kind of blood test, whether it be for your fitness health, your physical health, or even mental health, and and, and then all three aspects that are going to be coming in into this digital health play. Yeah, you know, excellent points there, Mitch. Uh, you know, I, I love how it connects everything. Um, I also love, you know, those huge investors and those partners, right? They went after some of the largest hospitals. Um, you know, some of the largest networks, they've got Blue Cross Blue Shield in several states, they've got Anthem, they've got Aflac. I mean, great sign here. And then as several people are pointing out in the chat, I see Carl with a K, Carl with a C, both mentioning this is a SPAC with revenue, right? This isn't about forward looking down the road. When will they have revenue? When will they be profitable? Sharecare is already there. 
Yeah, like we, we we always like to mention, guys, where the area is that they can focus on the targets and, and also how many industries are they in? You know, that also gives a play into the revenue and being mentioned in the chat, of course, a SPAC with revenue. There are some that are out there, guys. One of the things is you got to look. Is this a forward looking company like a future look? Or is this more along a company that has been established that he's just been looking for ways to get some more investment money behind them because they're trying to push on the growth? All right, guys, let's go ahead up and take a look at what's moving out there. Before we get on out of here, we got a couple of minutes left. I got to check on the power the power hour boys, see how they're running, see if they're running on time. But we'll go ahead up and see what the deal is. It looks like uh, it looks like they. I think they'll be ready. Um, they just need to get that ready. So I'll check on that stream. Chris, anything on your radar out there? Yeah, you know what? I'm seeing a coupon boy in the chat right now talking about muds and tops. So guys, you know, I, I would say you know some of the top SPAC stocks to buy that are on my watch list for today and this week. We we have muds, M U D S, bringing tops public. The NFT announcement today for Major League Baseball on April 20th, I think, you know, is just going to be the, the early innings for them. They have card deals with Major League Baseball, um, you know, and they can also expand to other sports. They have a partnership with Disney. You've seen Star Wars trading cards. Maybe they can get a partnership with Disney on NFTs, too. So definitely keep an eye out on MUDs for tops. And then, as I said last week, the, the Coinbase IPO will be the big story this week. So keep an eye on uh, VIH, which is bringing backed public, which is a crypto um, play as well. I think shares are going to move higher in sympathy. And then DMYD, Genius Sports, they have their vote set for this week. Remember that huge news, that exclusive partnership with the NFL looks like it's going to be for six years. The NFL will own around uh, 5% of Genius Sports after the merger goes through. So the NFL is betting big here uh, on Genius Sports. And not only are they going to control that, that data for sports betting companies, but Genius Sports is also going to be able to license and partner with sports media networks, which is a huge you know, item to keep on watch as well. So those are three top SPAC stocks that I'm watching today and this week, Mitch. Yeah, definitely. There's some plays out there. I'm keeping on radar. Um, but this is having a good day, man. It's up 8%. So, you know, th those are the trades that I definitely want to keep an eye on. And we'll see how they go ahead and keep moving. Um, definitely, guys, we got some great interviews left for the week, like we always do. And if you guys have a SPAC that we haven't gone after and you want us to go after, let us know in the comments below. That's how we go ahead and get chair care like you see over my back. And we're going to keep going after these specs. So if there's one that you guys want, let us know in the comments below. And like always, guys, hit that share button. Let everyone know where the specs are back. And I feel the bottom is in. So definitely it's time to pay attention again. It's time to let everybody know if they haven't heard about specs. Now's the time definitely to get them on here. So we'll definitely pay attention. I want to give some shout outs to everyone that's in our chat. We got a whole lot of people that stick with us every single day. So I wanted to give a shout out to Carl out there, Franco, John 
uh, John Doe, Rick House, Adam, Sam Broski, Hack Mom with some good information. Man in, in India, we got also Tony in the house. We got also Born to be Free, Daryl. I, I I appreciate you guys sticking with us every single day. I see Brian, Brian Blockchain with a comment just now. I know I see that name in the chat all the time there as well. That's There's what I like the to see. There's the blind trader, guys. If you missed it, the blind trader was interviewed for um, one of our other shows, First Trade. I know I watched that, Mitch, and that was a great episode. So I love that one. So shout out to you, the blind trader. Uh, Daryl asking about SFTW. Go back and watch our show from, uh, was that Thursday? I think it was Thursday, where Mitch shared SFTW being, you know, one of his top space stock picks. So Definitely go back and watch that. You got some detailed insight there. Yeah, guys, check it out, guys. We're going to be coming at you guys hard. We're going to be bringing some great interviews. So definitely let us know where you guys can see the SPACs attack. And also, hey, if you guys want to come on, reach out to us. If you feel you got a SPAC portfolio, you want to go ahead and bring on SPACs attack. Yeah, let's do it, Let guys. us know. We'll go through it. We'll run it through it with all the all the team because at the end of the day, guys, we're in this together. And if we're in this together, we might as well help each other out when we find information or make a trade that we feel, hey, I got I got some edge here. Let's talk about the information. Let's get the information out there to everybody else so that they can they can make their own decisions, guys. All right, guys, that's gonna be it for us. The power hour should be on right now. Let me see if it's on. I'm just going to check right here. I'm going to refresh here. Looks like it hasn't started. So I'm going to wait a second here until it gets kicked off. Um, but like always, guys, definitely stay with us. If you didn't catch, of course, our great interview with Gary V, you definitely missed out. So if you're an NFT fan, art fan, or just a Gary V fan, or Matt Higgins, if you like Sharks Attack, if you like shark, uh, if you like the Shark Tank, then check it out, guys. Um, one of the great things is they didn't only tell us about those things; they also let us know some of the the real mentality of how they get to where they get to. So check it out, guys. I know that was a great interview. Yeah, and for all of you asking, you know, about tops and that muds deal, we we were able to ask Gary V and Matt Higgins what their thoughts were on tops, and of course, Gary V you know, a big investor in sports cards right now. So he actually shared some ideas and ways that retail traders can can play the boom in sports uh, cards. So go back and watch that interview if you missed it. It was one of my favorites uh, that we've done here. All right, guys, let's go ahead up and get to the power hour. If they haven't started, it's going to be on loop. I don't think they've started. Sleeping. I don't see that video going, going yet. Well, they're sleeping, man, because the SPAX is over, and we're wrapping up, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye, everyone. SPACs. Attack. Let's get it. Ah!